Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so excited. Welcome back to NBA All-Stars Saturday night. I'll enjoy the dunk contest this weekend. We're here on the Hickory Basketball Court. You know, the amazing thing is that basketball ring here in Indiana, it's the same height as it is in New York City and every other place in this country. Denny, I would say that's a, that's a good dunk. Oh. Yes. There it is. Oh. That's nice, though. Yeah, isn't that something? Oh. Oh, the crowd didn't like that. They didn't. Mm. Here we go. I like it, but that's an in-game dunk. Oh, my goodness. He did it too easy that time. I think we I got to see it again. I got to see it again. So your 2024 AT&T Slam Dunk Champ is Matt McClung. All right, give it up one more time, everybody, for your AT&T Slam Dunk Champion. Thank you for that tepid applause. Kenny, I'll begin with you as you canvas tonight. What are your thoughts? Dunk contest, it's a cyclical event. Hmm. Mm. Getting Lascarola tonight. There you go. I'm so excited. The Arbiata, the great dish. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool. One, two, three. And here we go, Tim. Here we go. Here we go, Tim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. So it's been a while since we've been on the air with President's Day weekends. We've had a lot to get to today. How about me sending a text on Sunday morning with, like, show fodder in the group thread and Tanny going, sir, our show is in 51 hours. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot we were off yesterday. You forgot we were off yesterday. I did. Yeah. I was show prepping on a Sunday morning. It's good. Let's see. Always be prepping. Yep. Always be prepping. Tanny's got it ready to go, what I asked for, too. He's he's just good like that. Of course. Yeah, of course always he's going to come through with whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He had the audio before it happened, by the way. <laughs> he did. It was, our guy so Nico, it was our guy Nico judging himself on his radio appearances on our show. Uh, he was on Inside the Clubhouse, and they were like, uh, how do you think you've been as a radio guy? How was your year? Uh, lo- le- yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just hear it? Uh, let's hear it. Yeah. It sounded as, like this. Uh, your radio career, you were on the score last year. How would you rate yourself as a as a radio broadcaster? I think it's been enjoyable to listen to. What what what's your own critique on on how you are on the air? <laughs> um, well, it's a lot more fun when when things are going well. I can tell you that much. Um, 
but uh, early in the year, I was, I was probably a little stiff. I'm still getting chemistry with the guys, maybe a little more generic answers. Um, and then I feel like as things got more, more comfortable as the year went on, it was something I really looked forward to and nice to have that you know, check-in once a week. And looking forward to doing it again this year. You did a terrific job, and we're looking forward to having you part of the station again, Nico, because you do add a lot to the Parkinson Spiegel show, and we're lucky that you're able to do what you do for us. So, so thank you for that, and thank you for your time this morning. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a good one. I appreciate it. Nico Horner. Look at the look at the teammate ship that's from Vegas good. off that's right there. Yeah, that's good stuff. Nico not joining on one of the good apps like Zoom or when he just did a phone call for them. See what he does for us? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Way to point that? that out. Just called on the phone. A lot of energy early in the morning. Started out a little stiff. Said then got chemistry with the guys. That's us, man. Hey, hey, my God, he knows who we are. It's so cool. He, he was talking us. about Pavel Safera. <laughs> he, he, he called us the guys. The guys. He clearly knows us. Looking forward to it every and, week. Yeah, no, we, we, I, I mean, heavy hitters this weekend. I know we won't talk about weekend programming that, you know, many more times. Bob Costas was on Saturday Suckage so with, Rosen with Rosenblum. Yeah, I also don't understand, or maybe I should just applaud you for having the self-confidence to label your own show Saturday Suckage. <laughs> Bob, it, it it happened naturally. It was organically. We were not trying to run away. In fact, we do it as a public service. I suck, so you don't have to. Well, you know, self, self-awareness self is an important step in life, so congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. And Costas then questioned, wow, why am I on a show called Saturday Suck It? So How about Rosenblum just called him Bobby? <laughs> Bobby! <laughs> That's great. They've got to know each other. I mean, I years. assume so. They have to. You think he was just on by happenstance? He's got. He's got to know him. He was uh, previewing this thing on Thursday night. This special about Game Seven in 2016. Terry Francona and Joe Madden, alongside Bob Costas, breaking down that Game Seven. It's a funny dynamic. Tito, what'd you think of this game? <laughs> well, I Bad. thought Joe was an idiot, uh, <laughs> and I took advantage of it. Joe, what did you think? I stand by everything yeah, I did. I was going to say, <laughs> Dustin Rhodes is Terry Francona. All right, look, I have a limited palate. Okay? <laughs> All right, we get it. All right, so that's the fun. Because I got to say, did not love these Tom Ricketts comments. It, the Cubs do spend. They have spent till the luxury tax threshold. There is not a guarantee that if you spend, you will win. You can spend poorly, and they don't have unlimited money like the Dodgers. All of those things can be true, but you're still the Cubs. And let's just hear how he talked about Bellinger, the top agent in the sport, comps of other teams. Here's the owner of the Cubs. I don't know. Honestly, don't know. Um, I mean, that's that's in that's up to those guys and. Uh, we're just going to wait until we get serious. I'm like everyone else. We're just waiting, you know, we're waiting for um, whenever, uh, whenever he and his agent are going to engage. And, uh, you know, it could be, could be any time now or it could be a few weeks. We'll just see where it goes. That's the beauty of baseball. Like, you don't, you don't have to, you know, necessarily have the highest payroll or the biggest stars. If you're playing well, anybody can beat anybody. And I was happy for the Diamondbacks. I mean, I think they, uh, you know, they're, they're a team that was, you know, a well well-constructed team and you know they play baseball with you know speed and moving runners and good defense and so it's um i was happy for them i just wish they hadn't beat us so many times 
Ugh. All right. So, I mean, the Bellinger stuff is 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 a little bit of a separate entity um, for me. I, but I, that, that stuff there at the end I, drive you crazy comparing himself to the Diamondbacks and talking about the luxury tax. Because it's not even like a straight comparison. It's, it, it's I actually don't think it's fair to say that he's comparing them to the Diamondbacks. And I do want to be fair to him. I think that it is. it almost comes across as envy. It's like, man, they, they play that game. They play the game the right way, and and look at what you can do if you just play the right way, and you can and you can get in, and that proves that what you can do is it's a it's arguing the exception rather than the rule. And they're David young. Eckstein. They're young and cheap, so his envy is is partially financial, don't you think? Absolutely, because well, that that that's the thing. It's that hey, the Mets spend a ton of money; they're in a disastrous spot. The Red Sox spend a ton of money; they're in a disastrous spot. The Yankees spend a ton of money; they're in a disastrous spot. Not the, the Padres spend a ton of money; they're in a disastrous spot. They're losing money. You can do that. You can win the off season, but you're not guaranteed to win the actual games. Of course, you turn around and you say, "Well, the Dodgers or the Rangers or the Phillies." Like, yeah, the Rangers beat the Diamondbacks. No, I. So I, there you I, go. I know. I I know. He doesn't sound very much like John Middleton there, the Phillies owner who tells Bryce Harper to his face, you're underpaid. Yeah. Who goes out and, and gets one after another. After and the only another. reason that I do think that they are a little related is he's like, I don't want to undercut my GM by talking to Scott Boris. Mm-hmm. Well, I do. I do. You want him to undercut his GM? I want you, if that's what it takes to get the job done with the top A-list free agents. I don't want Jed to say he's worth $22 million and you go out and give him $27 million and undercut him in that way. But, like, having a policy to not talk to the super agent who represents the super players because that undercuts your GM, I mean... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't talk to Scott. I got to be honest. Like, I don't talk to Scott. I, I don't... And then Scott fired back for anybody who missed it. Um, Patrick Mooney reached out and Boris said, free agency is about recruiting players. It's the normal owner's signature move to be involved in the efforts of recruiting players and reaching out to me so I can convey to the player the ownership of the team covets them. That is the essence of free agency, and it is a custom and practice for ownership to express commitment and involvement. When Cody was a free agent last year, the Cubs engaged and were very aggressive in their pursuit, and their process is no different this year. So I am not clear as to what Tom is suggesting. Well, and we know that Tom Ricketts has been at free agent recruitment dinners. Right, we we he he was at the uh, the first Shohei one. He was at I think he was there with Lester. Like he he has been present at big free agent pitches before to show ownership's commitment and interest before. So I he is not like completely he he is an empowering owner and he funnels all the resources that the team yeah. makes back into the team. So he's a great owner in that respect, but he also can be hands-on when it's interested and required for him to be there. Uh, yes. And and he's certainly done that with players. And I'm sure he's done that with some agents who he doesn't perceive as trying to undermine him. Right. Scott Boris tries to undermine everybody to just get the most for his client. And he's totally cool with it in those comments right there. He's trying to bait Tom I felt like he was trying to bait Tom to call him. Like, you know, like, hey, hey, what do you mean you don't know what I'm suggesting? That then they have a conversation. He'd be, uh, Boris would love if that baits Tom to get involved. And also, this is the, the, the smallest of potatoes, but it is Scott Boris's job to, if Jed says no on something. To go higher. To go higher. Oh, he's great at his job. Yeah, because like, just 
I know that my agent has pissed off people here yeah. before by going higher up than he's like supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And I I love it. They hate it. It <laughs> lends to at least to some contentious moments. And then all of a sudden you get a new deal and then you Wait, shake hands. You get a million dollar deal? And you and you and you keep it moving. I I laughed because this morning I was I like I was listening to the Rickett stuff, show prep, and I'm like, you know what? I should look at what GMs or owners are saying in some of the other markets where they're in the standoff with Boris, you know? And then that's what Kenny Rosenthal wrote this morning is exactly that, where he talked to, you know, he included, uh, you know, Chris Young's quotes in Texas, Ross Atkins in in Toronto, Farhan Zaidi in, in San Fran, all these people who are in the standoff with Boris. This is just the nature of it. This is the timing of it. And it, it it's interesting to me because Cody Bellinger's not a perfect target. He's not a perfect player for spending long-term on. And yeah, they, but the perfect target also, they haven't gotten those guys either. Well, they got Swanson last year. They haven't yeah, got... But that was not a per. I mean, you I didn't hear you. want him. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That, that was, that was, that was, they, that was they, the third or fourth guy in that market. They, I mean, saying they, they paid a lot, of, a lot of money for him, but it's yeah, like... Yeah, but the, the, the 300 million, the, the top 15 contracts in the sport have not been given out by Cubs. I think Cody Bellinger is worth paying a bunch, but not too much. And, yeah. I, think, and I think that's where they are. And so... I agree. This is, this is the standoff, and, and this, you're, you're listening to it to it play out. You're listening to the the game of chicken play out in audio form. And it's and it's a weird thing because they will swear to you that they spend every dollar that they generate and make on the team. But that they don't lose money. That they don't like shoot to they're not willing to choose to lose money. Mm-hmm. Some years they might lose a little, some years they might make a little, but like in the aggregate they are trying to break even with it. And then you look at where they are for payroll this year. They're ninth in the sport. They're spending $188 million on payroll with clearly some room to add, as evidenced by we think that they're going to get Bellinger and they keep some in reserve for ads at the deadline if they end up being aggressive. So my guess is their payroll will be north of $200 million this year. And we know it's a good farm system and a well-run organization top to bottom. So it... I wish they had Steve Cohen money or the Dodgers TV deal, but they have neither. So this, to me, this actually, while the messaging can be messy and I don't love the Boris comments or the, the Diamondbacks envy, I still, at the end of the day, come out with, it's probably about as good of ownership as you could hope for without having one of those handful of, Rich hobbyists, as you call them, who is willing to lose fifty million dollars a year, willing to lose fifty or eighty 20 million dollars, eight, whatever what, it is, like, and willing to tear the whole thing apart every couple of years, that's, if need be. It, it would be better to have. I'm not saying he's the best owner in the sport or anything like that. He isn't, but he's not pocketing profit from revenue every year and. Keep, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and by the way, but I don't, I don't know because we don't get to see the books. So I, there's I, a lot of people that think I know that, that he is that he won, he won his ring, and now he's just trying to pocket but it. I don't I, think, I that think that's, I don't think that that's evidenced by where they are in payroll in baseball, and you look at the teams who are spending above them, and that they have paid the luxury tax before. I just, I, I don't think that that is. I think it's founded in cynicism. I don't think it's founded in logic or data. 
I think it's um, – I understand where you're coming from. I also think it's it's too simplistic to look at a strategy and not realize that, you know, insuring yourself with the constant supply of cheap young talent is 100% the best thing you could do. Right. It's why even though the Nationals went over the top to pay for people, they were able to replace Bryce Harper with Juan Soto, and that's how they won. You know, that particular year. But they they went over the top when the time was right. The question is, are the Cubs ready to go over the top and get way into the tax? I thought maybe, but they seem to think, and may, I don't know how much of this is Tom and how much of it is legit Jed strategy, we can win with just maybe Bellinger at our price, or we can win in this crap-ass division. That's the thing we that can, I hate. Well, I, I think that it's clear that they want to try and win the division. And they're comparing themselves against the other teams in their division. And they're trying to be the big market behemoth of the division and not necessarily traffic with the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Mets and the Red Sox. And well, the if, Dodgers are eighth in payroll right now, and they're ninth. Okay. So you know what I mean? Well, but that's now, only because they're, they're deferring the crazy amount that they are. Correct. And they're still a, a solid 20-something million behind them. But but there, there's, there's strategic sensibility in choosing to be the best in your division and not hampering yourself for years to come. The Yankees right now, by the way, if they wanted to pay, Rosendahl had this in there, if they wanted to pay, say, Blake Snell $40 million, because of where they are on the tax, it would actually cost $83 million. So it's like an extra extra $43 million because they're up at that line. Is it their moment to do it? Maybe. They might still do it because they want to strike while the iron's hot and Toronto's coming and Baltimore's here already. Yeah. But the Cubs, I think, believe that they can hang in the division with Craig Council coaching them up. And they probably can. I think they can. But you want to be – I the Cubs – should not take advantage of geographic luck that they don't have another huge spender within their division. They need to hold themselves to the standards of the Braves and the Dodgers. I That I don't think we should accept. But spend smartly? 12, In, intelligent 12, spending, it, baby. Yeah, that, that, that is reasonable when you don't have the Dodgers' money and you don't have a guy who's got $20 billion in the bank and is just playing around with a toy. So, so let me ask you this. So Bellinger for five years at 200 million or whatever, let's say it's that or six at 200, whatever. Like, so is that intelligent spending for a guy who's a little bit complicated as a profile in terms of the power and that stuff? When you have outfielders coming, especially PCA, you've locked up left field and right field. For a couple of years here, and you just traded for a first baseman who's 26, and you have other possibilities coming up. Do you spend, you know, five, six years and lock yourself into a guy who you don't completely love? I think strategically, I understand the no. I understand the hard line of what you're gonna of of, of drawing that line. But then it needs to be something else. Because this team As it, wasn't good enough with Cody Bellinger. Yep. So how are they better without him just because they added Craig Council? And this team with their farm system, their payroll, their place within the division, the number of years it's been since they won a division in a full season, mm-hmm. they need to be a competitive start-to-finish team this year. You see where Council said that the teams that have finished better than expectations in his experience – are the ones where a bunch of young players exceed their individual expectations. 
And he believes, and Jed believes, that with them combined now, they're going to get more out of a bunch of these young people. It's fine to say that Bellinger's not the perfect guy for the moment. Okay, fine. But then you're going young in center and first and third with an incomplete starting rotation? That's not acceptable. There, it's not like there are no holes on the team where you could figure out a way to spend either in free agency mm-hmm. or by acquiring a, a veteran expensive piece through a trade. You know, there, there are ways to upgrade this team that are not Cody Bellinger centric. And then you say, well, maybe they don't like Matt Chapman. It's like, okay, well then what, what, are not, what about Blake Snell? What about trading for someone? You know, I, yep. I do think that they have an obligation to add a significant piece to this team soon a few a few free agents have signed but we're still in high 90s in terms of the number of viable free agents and a, a lot some big names and some medium names still out there and they may wait a couple of weeks longer here in baseball's broken off season so they are not alone in this standoff i got some information that uh, rosie does not know bob costas and oh that, really that was just good producing that's what i that's what i've been told what i've been told oh really so bob costas heavy hitters uh on the weekend i love that he found out on the air then that he was going on a show called saturday suckage <laughs> that's tremendous that must have just been a real situation for bob costas. it's a great book did you listen to the whole thing tanny I, I bet it was great he's always good costas yeah he is yeah i mean there's 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 no way it was bad it's impossible back to things that matter we have an update on a position for the cubs at spring training parkers to speak on the score call from mom answer it call silenced Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Honored to be on their show earlier today. Danny and Matt do an excellent job interviewing people. Afternoons on the score. Bellinger leads at second. Swanson away from first. And the one-two. Swinging a drive toward right center. Back goes Robert. Back near the stands. That ball is gone. A game-winning home run for Chris Morrell. Can you believe it? Listen to this crowd. The most exciting player on the Cubs. The best baseball moment in town of last season. 
Yeah. My God. Yeah, that was awesome. That was outrageous. He's probably the most popular Cub, though. Don't you think? He's probably the fan favorite, even if there are better players on the team. I he, think he gets more of a pure fan reaction. He's got that Javi Baez flair and smile and, like, springy athleticism. And he does unpredictable things. He does. Sometimes not for the better. It's an adventure with him out there. But he stills on the team. He was not traded for Pete Alonso. He was not traded for Corey Kluber. He was not traded uh, for anyone. Mm. It, it was, it was, he was always rumored, but never really sourced. It was just, oh, I wonder what you could get for Christopher Morrell. Yeah. wonder if they, what they'd be willing to do. And Craig Council, new Cubs manager at spring training, addressed what the new plan is for Morrell and the Cubs. I think we'll probably, I think there'll be some first base for Chris, but I think, you know, I'd like to see him on third base, I think, to start camp. Um, and look, you know, it, it's, you know, Christopher's done so much with the bat that it's our job <laughs> to figure out the best way to deploy him, right? And, um, it's uh, you know, Bruce and I were having this conversation earlier. It's it's to say he can play a lot of positions. Yes, we have to play that at a certain level. That it that it makes sense for the bat to be in there, right? Um, and we've got to, and it is harder to play multiple positions. No question about it. Um, at this point, with you know players around Chris, you know we've, we've asked him to move around, right? Um, so I think. My, my idea at the start of camp is to kind of focus mainly at third base. Um, let's see where we're at. Let's evaluate that as we go. Um, but let's give him a chance at third base, and let's give him some consistency at third base. See where we're at kind of roster-wise at, at some point in camp, and then and then go forward from there. Love it. Listen. Th- 39 innings for Morrell at third last year. They, this organization, has completely botched a defensive plan for Christopher Morrell. Last year, he started the year in AAA. They've botched their evaluation of him overall because he's continued to exceed expectations. He played center field every game at Iowa and hit, what, 18 homers in the month or 16 homers, whatever it was. And so he's playing center field. Then he came up. There were no center field games available. That's not good continuity. In the offseason, the offseason began. Remember they said... We'd like him to play first base. He yeah. went to the winter league to Aguilas. We all have Aguilas hats. I brought them for you guys. So he, he went and thank to thank you for dinner. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. They said, we want him to play first base. They're not in control of what the winter league manager does. They sent coaches down to work with him, but then the winter league manager's like, I'd rather have him at third. So they played him at third. So that plan of having him play first base didn't work. During the year last year, David Ross was asked, what's his best position? He said, DH. Remember? And then well, at one point they said second base, but they don't have second base options available because of Nico Horner. No, they they have not been able to figure it out. Craig Council is new. And Craig Council has a very good eye for player development. He used to be a front office guy in Milwaukee. When he says that that is a good idea, it has long been the best idea. I was screaming for it last year. Madrigal and Wisdom, they gave Madrigal this defensive plan to go learn third base. Morell should have been on that plan because of his possibilities and what's he, what he brings. Maybe, it's a t- it, it's maybe a t- they know something. Maybe Jed thinks something or thinks he knows something about Morell that scares him because like they wanted to trade, trade him and stuff. But here he is, and Council understandably is saying, let's try him at third and really give him a fair shake. I, I'm fine with all of that. They would just have to be very wrong about 
him. Because the whole thing was they have a lot of pitchers who don't miss bats. They have ground ball pitchers. They pitch to contact. Yep. And third base, you know this, it's not an easy position. It is a premium defensive position. So they their strength was defense up the middle. Defense, and so pitcher, sure. pitchers pitching to contact to pull right-handed hitters who would hit the ball on the ground, uh-huh. that's a liability if he's not good at it. So what the only thing that concerns me about this is that they're too late to it. For They're two years too late to pick a single position and make him work his ass off at, of the single position. That's what for and for this year's team, like this team needs to be good in April. I don't want to watch him like learn on the job when he could have been having this. It, it would feel like a little bit of a wasted opportunity of years past for them to get to this point. I completely agree that based on what you have currently with your big league club. It's the spot that makes the most sense. But is it the like if if you traded him to an expansion team, is that the place they would put him, or are they putting? They put him in a corner outfield. They they, 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 they'd put him in left or maybe even right because he has the athleticism. So maybe they train him to play right. Cubs have those spots filled. So so it's not the best spot for Morel. It's the best spot for Morel with the Cubs, which leads you to think his value might have been bigger to a different team than it is to yours. That is where I'm at with Morrell. He's incredibly exciting. He's valuable. You want the bat in the lineup if he's going to be here. But he isn't a third baseman. He hasn't shown anything to prove that he can be a third baseman. He doesn't have a single spot. He's not a center fielder. Um, he's, He's a DH, and it feels crazy to have an athlete like that Um, be just a DH, but that's probably what he's going to have to be. The problem is you'd like to use the DH spot to be a little more flexible. Right. You want it right. Of course. Give Suzuki a day there, you know, give Bellinger a day there. If you sign him, but give give somebody else a day there. Some guys just are blocked. Some guys are just blocked. Okay. You want to have flexibility at DH. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. He'd be a corner outfielder, but you've got guys there already in Saya and Hap. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, his best infield position is second base. You've got a gold glover at second base. Who's, I agree. Uh, so he's just blocked here. Well, you know what I wonder? They should have traded him. Well, I... that that that's that's what happens. Mm-hmm. His value is highest when people think that he can do anything, yeah. and he's youngest and cheapest. And he's youngest and cheapest. Maybe because now, he's young and cheap, and because the idea is like, oh, he can play a lot of positions, but he can't really play most of them very and, well. And so, if their initial scout on him was correct that he isn't a third baseman and they're doing it now because third base is the position that they have open because they didn't go get Chapman. They didn't trade for fill in the blank other player. That is not doing it because it's in the best position, the best interest of Christopher Morrell. That's just, Oh, this is where we have an opening. No, cause it's a competitive window and they have to try and, and find a spot for him. But then it's, he's more valuable to someone else than he is to you. Well, it, it hasn't, it hasn't happened so far. It's, I wonder run, they're just running a risk. If he, if he isn't the third baseman that decreases his value. I wonder if two years ago, if council had been here and was involved in every decision, the way that Jed has talked about, and if he had a full understanding of Christopher Morrell, I, I don't I don't think it would have been quite as chaotic as it has been. You know, I, I don't know that council would have seen the offensive potential, but it, they have not done Morell any favors. 
by bouncing him all around from center to this idea of first and now this idea of third after playing all over the place in the minors. And I, it sure does seem to me that if you're going to put him at third and say, let's teach him, let's teach him, let's teach him, they should have been doing it all offseason, should have been doing it, you know, like every day of the offseason, whatever the hell Madrigal learned to do, you know, Morell can't learn to do that. I find that hard to believe. I know he's got a funky arm angle, um, but you can work on those kind of things. It's just they really haven't given him a chance at any specific spot, and I, I blame and, them. And the thing is, when I say they should have traded him, I also am the guy who for two years has been saying this team does not have enough power. So you lose Morell and you don't bring back Bellinger, you really don't have enough power. Mm-hmm. So they're in a they're in a they need him. They 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 need him. Their 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 lineup needs his pop. Texter brings up a point that I also was thinking about. The killer was signing Hap and locking left field in with an average player with no power. Hap's been an all star, he's been a gold glover, but it's not a premium defensive position. Yeah, a lot of people just want to leave left field as someplace you can teach a bat that you find or someplace you can hide somebody. He's he's a terrific left fielder. You lived this in Kansas City with Alex Gordon, right? Yeah, yeah. They signed him to an extension and, and locked him in there. I'm sure it was a bumpy ride at times yeah. with the public, with Alex he Gordon. Became, he became excellent. Y- yes, uh, but it's still not a not considered a, a premium position. Hap has to hit better and with more power. Yes. He has to, to make that seem valuable. Yeah. And he had, he always, he's streaky. He has, he has stretches of it, but yeah, he, he, they're good at, I like in terms of right field, second, short, center in terms of, and then hopefully first, we'll see about Michael Bush, but in terms of like feeling comfortable about. In terms the, of defense or in terms of. In terms of like. The next three to five years of feeling like they've got their guy at that position where I feel pretty comfortable that they could not, they're not going to upgrade or look to upgrade. And you just talked about center and first base, which is all part of why they have this line drawn in the sand for Bellinger. I know, but Bellinger, yes, but Bellinger also, it is likely that one of the two of them won't hit. That's just the, the odds say that either PCA or Michael Bush will not become what they need. So Bellinger is really nice insurance in that he can cover either one. Oh, PCA has been good. Great. Bush is struggling. Play Bellinger at first. Bush is raking. PCA is struggling. Great. Mm-hmm. Play, play Bellinger in center. He, he is really nice insurance for both of those young pieces. As we do things that matter from spring training, there's going to be a lot of stuff about like council decisions that might be a little different than what the plans have been for certain players. That's Good. the stuff. That's the stuff that really fascinates me. Like what is going to be the effect? Cause they're asking a lot of him. They're expecting a lot of him and all of baseball is. So this is one right away, locking in Christopher Morell at third base for the moment. It's certainly partially due to playing time, but also maybe Craig can, can help him settle in there. And he, that's a guy who played a bunch of different positions during his career. Absolutely. So he, he should be able to relate to him on the difficulties uh, of that for sure. Can we be solution-oriented to a problem a big sport is facing? Next on The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 
The Parkinson Spiegel Show. It's been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Um, that's a good, great question. Um, I think for me it's an all-star game, so I don't think it, it, I will ever look at it like being super competitive. It's always fun. Um, but I don't know what they can do to make it more competitive. I don't know. I think everyone looks at it. It's, it's like a, it's a break. So I don't think nobody want to come here and compete. <laughs> I'm so glad you chose to play Anthony Edwards. That is Anthony Edwards, one of the faces and best young players in the league. Who was an absolute emotional no-show in that game. I was thinking, I actually bet him to possibly win MVP. Because I thought it was him and Halliburton. Yeah, were were, were my two my two picks. Because oh, like, man, you had a nice sweat with Halliburton. Yeah, nice sweat with Halliburton. It was it was possible, but like Edwards is a young, high flyer, super energetic, fun, great personality actor. Like I thought, man, and this is your first time starting an All Star game. You should want to take this stage. And he just didn't give a crap at all. It's like a, it's a break. So I don't think nobody want to come here and compete. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a it's a huge bummer, as if guys suffer devastating injuries playing basketball with any regularity. It's a really weird thing, and I love the NBA so much, but it this is not good. Why did they the, Why the, did they go back? I I don't know, but I'm not even. But like the load management thing is not good. The 65 game requirement being needed to to hit for player like. The perception that the regular season doesn't matter and that the guys coast and only play hard in the playoffs, that is a dangerous thing for, for the league in, in the big picture. And this All-Star game and the conversation around it doesn't help. And it is the most watched event so far this year in the NBA that just happened. And it was panned and mocked by the commissioner and panned by everybody who watched it. So what do you do? Well, but let me let me react real quick because I, I got a few things to throw good, at you for good. possible solutions. So I, go ahead. I just want to I want to back up because, I, as I mentioned, living alone for a few days here. Yeah, I watched Adam Silver's media availability. Okay, before yeah. the All Star game, he thought it was going to be better. He thought it was going to be better, but even the way the people asked him questions, they said, "Can you tell us why you're going back to this without using the word traditional or tradition?" Because apparently that has been the crutch that he's been saying. Because I don't get why they bailed on all these weird ideas they were doing in terms of the draft and the Elam ending. The All-Star game, much like the in-season tournament, should be a thing that you throw crazy ideas at. Agreed. So I think terrible, terrible mindset from him. So he's underwhelmed. Point the thumb. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I I think one of the things that they didn't like that someone had to be picked last in the drafting of the players. But but that's really – but that's dumb and soft also. Okay. But you could change the game without changing that. I don't like the idea of home field advantage in the finals going to the winner of the All-Star game. I think that is stupid. That's too much at stake for – a meaningless exhibition. I didn't even know that was on uh, on the possibility. I mean, it was a thing in baseball. Yeah. It, it, it's been it was, it, it was bad. In it, it was bad in baseball. It's it's been thrown out as a potential idea. I, I think no. I think that is way too extreme in the other direction. I'm a no. Um, money. It worked for the in season tournament. I think that if you always have to throw money at, like two hundred grand to players on the winning team, seventy five grand to guys on the losing team, just to pull numbers out. How much more money? Like these guys have three hundred million dollar, two hundred million dollar contracts. Uh-huh. Like, like, is that it? But it worked. It seemed to work for the in season tournament. Yeah. So I don't know. They could connect it to a charity if they want, which they had done. Mm-hmm. The All Star game in Chicago. It was, you know, you win the first quarter, your team gets a ch- yeah, charity. That's like, right. Yeah. I don't know. Why did they stop that I, stuff? I, I I don't know. Tradition. I I I think so. Tradition. I don't know. 
Rotation. Thank you. What about what about some good old fashioned shame? Good old fashioned shame. He nailed that right he there. Shame. That's my nickname. Good Call old, me old fashioned. Good old fa- shame. <laughs> Who was that? Who said, "Call me old fashioned." Alan Robinson. Oh, the yeah, Jimmy Kimmel right. bit. That's yes. right. Yes. But I got I, I got uh, hooked on uh, Fiddler on the Fiddler. Fiddler on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell is the Fiddler on the roof? Fiddler on the roof. A blessing on your head. Mazel tov. Mazel Call tough. me old fashioned. You know, <laughs> like literally, like I mean it. Call me old fashioned. That's my new nickname. <laughs> <laughs> old fashioned Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Go ahead, man. You're fine. Old fashioned Shane. <laughs> Got it. My oh, bad. Oh, okay. okay. What if, what if they can, I'm sure this is impossible. What if Michael. Jordan coached the Eastern Conference All-Stars and Magic Johnson coached the Western Conference All-Stars. You think that would make a difference? Get out there and, like, you going to embarrass yourself in front of Michael Jordan? They embarrass themselves in front of Oscar Robertson and Bill but Walton. He, but he's on the bench. He is your coach. Hmm. You, you Call them out. Interesting. This is not, the MVP award is named after Kobe Bryant. This is not Bamba mentality. Like, like actually shame them. <laughs> like, 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 make make guys who who, who they respect. Yeah, get Allen Iverson, get Dirk, yeah, get Shaq. Like, because like, they're all talking talking trash. Can we get Bob Ryan out there too? But, but get, but like, but it can't it can't be guys that they don't care about. It can't be media guys, and it's got and it's got to be to them. Like, I I also like the idea, uh, and this is a little complicated with gambling, but. And I know this will maybe elicit some of my envelope uh, field oh, position. Is thing. there a roll top desk? <laughs> no, not, not a roll top. But <laughs> every <laughs> every player yeah. has two jerseys no. printed, <laughs> and 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 in the pregame, uh-huh. the team is selected. It's selected there, and then five minutes later, you're playing the game. Well, I would love that. So, so it's so it's not done on TNT days before or whatever. So you have to you have to be standing there. Mm. You walk over here. You walk over here, and you've got to see in the arena oh, yeah. the body language of oh he's picking me first. He's picking me last. He's going with my teammate. He's going with my ex teammate. And you have to publicly shame these uh, well, guys. That would that would be great. That'd That's be what I'm great. saying. Like, I, but but, I, but, but if, th- if these they guys didn't... are competitive people. But they got but rid they of that. Acts like they are not competitive, and it pisses me off. They got rid of that in terms of like a television event. I can't imagine they'd go for it right there. I'm on not the court. saying that these solutions are possible. I'm saying, how do you get guys who have hundreds of millions of dollars in fully guaranteed contracts, where all of their peers are taking vacations yeah. to Cabo to care about a 48 minute exhibition game in Indianapolis? Also, mm-hmm. don't do it on a weekend. Do it on like a Thursday night. More people are in front of their TVs on a Thursday night than they are on a Saturday. Oh, that's interesting. Do it on a weeknight. Mm. But so much of like All Star Weekend for like the players and the legends to attend is the the parties. Then and, do it on and, a Monday and, night and the hang and do the skill stuff and the dunk on the Saturday or the Sunday, like Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and then have whatever event you deem to be the most important. Mm-hmm. Do that on Monday on night. A better like, TV night. Like NCAA national championship. Yeah, hey, that's hey, not that's not a bad idea. It's Shane Sunrise. I, sunset. Thank you. Whew. Good. Almost good left film. me hanging. Good Almost film. left me hanging on Fiddler. Yeah, sorry right about there. that. Try to see how deep I can. Good go. musical. Let's do Hairspray tomorrow. <laughs> we could work it in. This town hall is going to be quite Efforting something. John Travolta. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh yeah, town hall tomorrow. Oh yeah, we should weigh in on the uh, Fields v. Caleb debate. I don't think anyone's done that yet.
It's right? Our, it's our turn. We'll be the we'll be the first ones. It's the listeners' turn to have a Relio's pizza and tell us their thoughts. Olin Krutz at five o'clock. A bunch of QB experts back to back at three o'clock. Mark Grody's going to be there in person in the four o'clock hour. We got some surprises planned. Uh, the winner of the Daytona 500 was on the show today. He was really fun. Enjoyed him. And his name is William Byron. There we go. Thank you. Thank you very much. I wanted to say Byron Williams, uh, and I knew who's that. Who's the president? W- Byron. Who? Byron. Byron. Say what's up to Byron. What's up, Byron? I just knew that wasn't his the His name answer. was Robert Paulson. Thank you to Conor O'Donnell. Rest in peace, William Byron. <laughs> Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat, video stream. Thank you, sir. Shane Rudin, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill making us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkinson Spiegel. This is the score. This has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.